I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm the laser gun toting Rick. And today <laughs> we are talking about Paranoid Agent because we are both extraordinarily paranoid people because what that's how we are. I am now after that. <laughs> dear Lord. Before that, we actually talked a little bit about the director and we also talked about how we both have seen the room <laughs> and delved in on a little gem that pe- we feel like people should actually watch and what I feel people should actually watch. And, uh, if you want to catch a part of that one conversation, check out the Patreon only feed, patreon.com slash featured anime podcast. A dollar a month will get you all that bonus content. And on to the meat and potatoes, sir. Today we're talking about Paranoia Agent, and it came out in 2004. It ran from February 2004 all the way through May 2004. It's 13 episodes long. Uh, producers for it are Wow Wow, uh, Amsk Ace. Uh, to name a couple studio for it is madhouse its source is it's an original and the genres are avant-garde drama mystery supernatural suspense psychological police horror sci-fi how how many more tags can you throw in there uh they covered a lot of bases I'll, i'll end with this i'll end with that uh yeah this this week's was Certainly interesting, and I don't remember watching it actually really until I got to the very end where I went, yes, I have seen this. I have seen it. And uh, like we had talked about beforehand, uh, I had told you who the director was. It's Satoshi Kon. And for anyone else who recognizes that name, they'll recognize it from such great cult classics like Perfect Blue and Paprika. Mm. Because he wrote and directed both of those as well. And those are not in any way, shape, or form damaging to one's soul. No, not at all, actually. They're they're wholesome. They nourish you greatly. That's the lie I'm really sticking to you, it. I'm like, I really wish you had a better sarcastic voice because just listening with my eyes closed, listening to you, I'm like, oh, he's being honest and genuine. Anything but. Anything but <laughs> dear yeah. Lord. Yeah, this definitely is a very interesting show to say the least. It definitely takes you on a lot of twists and turns and it actually does make you kind of second guess yourself at a couple different spots too. a couple. Yes, a couple, couple. just a, just a couple. <sighs> I I'm going to be I'm going to be honest. It was, I, I thought it was a really well-written, well-directed anime. I'll be honest, too. You're right. It, it, in order to have this level of chaos, is a good way to put it, you need to start with almost ultimate order. You have to have the entire story laid out, even possibly in my head, 
starting at the end, working your way forward. Because the just everything that happens, it's beyond what I was expecting. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is a show where you can't just come in halfway through it. You can't just cherry pick yeah. episodes. You have to watch it beginning to end to really understand it and get the full effect of it. And it's one of the rare ones. I agree with you 100%. It's one of the rare ones that chronologically speaking, episode one to episode two is okay. Episode one to episode three, you're completely lost. Yeah. But episode two to episode three makes sense. Yes. And I really like the fact it didn't have any filler type. Ep- uh, it might have had one filler type episode, but even still, it was doing exactly what you needed it to. Yeah. And that that quote unquote filler episode was highly relevant two episodes later. Yes. So if you just skipped it, like they they circle back a, a lot and make previous references, and you don't know who's crazy because it could be you. Well, it's not that you you feel like you're crazy. You just you're just on this journey and you're trying to figure everything out. And it starts off pretty solid. So you have a uh, uh, soggy who's basically under a lot of pressure to try and come up with this new cult phenomena like she did before for uh, Maromi, which is this like cute little plush dog type thing. And she's under an excruciating amount of pressure because the bosses are coming to her. Hey, you, we need you to kick out a new top level, great cult phenomena. And then she gets attacked. By what? By, well, that's the thing, right? It's by someone on gold skates with a bent gold bat that just came out of nowhere and attacked her from behind. But a few episodes later, you're told, well, no, like she actually wasn't attacked by anyone. And all these other people actually aren't attacked. They're attacked by this, uh, by, by one of these uh, copycats who are going around, who ironically also fit the bill and look perfectly. You mean the Holy warrior? Yes. The Holy warrior. (laughs) So here's the interesting thing, right? Here, here's the interesting thing, and and I'm glad that they touched on this and, and really gave the light and reasoning behind the little slugger or Shonen Bat, his methods of attack or who he chose to attack. It's for people that were in extreme distress, who were severely depressed, angry, sad, or backed into a corner, and that's when he would actually show up. And that's when he would actually attack. And I'm glad that they clarified it. I'm glad that they they didn't leave you wondering, well, why are they only attacking certain people? It's something that they really delve into and explain and show. He is attacking people who are backed into a corner. I feel like they have nowhere else to go, have no, no recourse at all. And that's when he appears. But he appears to give you what you're ultimately wanting while you're backed into that corner. Yes. I was going to touch on that. If you didn't, everyone he hit everyone, this little slugger, as he was deemed, everyone he just brained felt better or, and not by a little bit. Like they were psychologically cured of their, their 
illness, their their well, it's not that they were cured of their illness or anything like that. So take for example, uh, I want to say, God, what's her what's her name? The the daughter of that police officer, that scummy dirtbag oh. pedo officer, uh, Masami Hirakawa. Yo. Okay, so Before that's the fa- that's that's the officer. His daughter yep, yep. is Taiko. So before you continue, I got a question that I'm hoping you can answer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When he was doing that B and E, that break and entering, yeah, did he molest that little girl? Uh, I would say no, but he did do that creepy call me daddy. Yes, and it's because he had a thing for his daughter, and he was peeping in on his daughter, which is why she ran away, which is 100% understandable. Why she uh, didn't go to the police or anything like that is beyond me. Her dad works there. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, like, if you're a pedo, you're a pedo. True, but, I mean, if you think about it, are you going to go... Yes, 100%. ...report the location that assaulted you yes 100 percent. why because he's not going to be the location that i'm going to oh you go to a different city this happened gotcha no they so the thing is is you're not going to a different city he's state he's stationed at a specific uh little precinct little police office okay so like an outpost yeah and that's where he's stationed and they have stations or outposts like that all over the place in japan where it's not like they have giant uh, police stations everywhere all the time. They have outposts everywhere to help it. Oh, yeah. So I guess I'm not familiar. So that's why I was like, yes, go to the police. Cause, and you even see her father, uh, Masami, at one of these police station outposts for it. See, I thought that was like where he worked rather than like, uh, I sure for I thought that was like a patrolling station rather than his main office. Well, that's where he's usually stationed is he's at that patrolling office. It doesn't, I don't know the details if they're always at that same spot, mm-hmm. but typically from my understanding is that they are. And if anyone who is very familiar with uh, how police polling stations and everything like that in Japan really work, feel f- please reach out to us. Let us know. Love to yeah. learn more about it. Featured anime podcast at gmail.com. Join us on discord or, or, on Twitter at those anime guys for us. And we'll happy to receive your feedback on that. But to my understanding, that's how it works. Um, I've, so that's why. And what's interesting is, and I, I did do some research and learning on the laws or at least how they do, uh, interrogations in Japan and how, when they had caught, Hot little slugger, the the impersonator, as you find out a little bit, like a couple episodes later, how he was in there and they were pressuring him into answering the questions and trying to get him to basically confess to everything. They will actually do that there in Japan. You have the right to remain silent and how in, how it is out here, at least in the U.S., is if you want to remain silent, they'll just leave you in the cell. They won't talk to you or anything like that. And you have a right to an attorney and the attorney has to be present for the questioning. Well, you have a right mm-hmm. to an attorney, but the attorney is not allowed to be in there while you're being inter- interrogated. And while you're being interrogated, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. They'll still bludgeon you with questions and try and get you to answer them anyways. Completely different law system out 
out there, at least in that regard. So I like that they really focused on that a little bit and touched on that here too. They, they highlighted the, how they really focus on the, the law system there a little bit in terms of interrogation tactics and techniques. Well, what I saw there made me think that it was, I would say a lot more honor based. You know what I mean? Like well, out they, here, they, they do that, but also at the same time, they push you, even if you didn't do it, they want you to, to fess up saying you did it to close so they can get that case closed to my understanding from what I've heard and, and been told. I mean, if you're looking at the macro of open versus closed cases, that makes sense. Get it done as fast as possible. You don't want that ratio to be too far off, but uh, I, I was going to say quality over quantity, but in reality, the faster you get these done, the, the sooner you can do the next one that'll eventually help someone major. Back to what I was saying, though, for example, uh, brought him up. And the reason why I brought him and his daughter up is because she wanted his house, his new house to be destroyed. And she wanted to forget everything having to do with him. She forgot everything having to do with him and his house was destroyed. She didn't wish to die. She did not want to be killed. She didn't want to die. And so she was, she was just stuck that. in a corner. Yeah, she was just stuck in a corner. She wanted to forget him and everything having to do with him. And she wanted his house to be gone. And that's exactly what she got. And so I would say for Shonen Bat, when he was uh, at the or the uh, Makoto, who was the imposter, he was backed into a corner. And I have a feeling that while he was backed into an into a corner, he was saying to himself, I want to die. I don't want to be here. This is a problem. And that's why he was killed. Hmm. That's deep. That's real deep. I was not expecting that at all. Actually, you get the resolution that you want when you're backed into the corner and you're asking for that type of resolution. I wish and fill in the blank. Damn, that's deep. It, a lot of these movies, especially with this director, have multiple meanings you can walk away with multiple reasons and, and ideologies you can walk away with which is one of the reasons why I like him. Yeah. And here I felt like at least in a little bit of a sense, you're looking at the seven deadly sins, envy, pride, jealousy, um, sloth, lust, things like that. Lust. Yeah. That was a big one. And <laughs> so I was watching this on the train with my headphones in just, you know, la ti da ti da, you know, and I've never seen this before. Mm hmm. And you know how timing usually is just the worst? Yeah. Just flat out, no matter where you're at. You could be at home listening to or watching an anime, and it just sounds like, you know, an adult hentai, uh, adult uh, anime. Yeah, some, and, uh, some uh, cultured shows. Yes, yeah, some, yeah. some, some shows of, of high-class culture. Well, in this episode, or in this show, you get to see a fully nude image um, twice, I think? Maybe three times. Guess what time the conductor shows up? <laughs> Meanwhile, I got headphones in and I'm not hearing him. And it flashes on the thing. And I look up and I see him with this just look. I'm not going to say disgust, but just like, what are you doing? You're in public. Do I need you to get off the train? And I'm like, it's not what it looks like. 
I promise. Will yeah, someone then, make it one eyed one arm Exactly. And then he goes, ticket. I'm like, I got it right here. It's on my phone. He goes, ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I can't watch this anymore. Right. And then I was like, I wonder if I should like go up behind him and just play it loudly. So he'll be like, what are you watching? And I can show him it's not what he thinks it is. I don't know. Maybe. But, Maybe. No. One of the yeah, one of the coolest things about this show that one of the coolest things I found about this whole thing is it's focused around mass delusion. And <laughs> in the in the filler episode that we saw, it's not really a filler, but I digress. In the filler episode we saw, they're saying a whole bunch of different rumors about this slugger. And what happened and who he was, what he looked like, how big he was. And by, by the end of the episode, this, this thing's gigantic with like bat-like fangs and beady eyes that look like a goat and just super fast and all that stuff. And every time someone goes in and alters the public perception of what Little Slugger looks like, the assailant changes too the the features change become more well renowned and well known yeah and one of the things that i like is is they don't let you or they don't make you think that all the way through they don't let you think oh well he's a real person all the way through they they about like four or five episodes into it they pretty much nip at that hey this is not a normal person. This is not a real person, especially with little slugger vanishing through the wall after he kills Makoto. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and not just that, not just that at that point in time, Makoto was the Holy warrior. Well, guess who picked up the mantle? And I was like, why, why you're crazy. You're, you're legitimately crazy. To the, to the deputy or the the partner of the cop, yeah. I'm like you, you're you're assuming the delusion. You are becoming one with the delusion, and the deputy or the, the officer is like you're enjoying this a little bit too much. And in my head, I'm like, where are they running to and from physically to make everyone so like out of breath? Out of breath? Yeah, I couldn't tell you, but you know what I will say. Uh, they didn't, weren't running anywhere because they were still inside that office the whole time. Exactly. So why was he out of breath? Does he even envision himself to be out of shape? Yes. Yes, he does. By that logic, I could run for maybe an hour in my head and basically die of <laughs> like asthma or something like that. And it would take forever. Well, Meanwhile, in reality, I'm like, boom, done. I just did 452,000 laps in my head mm -hmm. with no asthma, that kind of thing. The other thing that's really interesting about this show is on the variety of different subjects or mentalities that they touch on. So take uh, uh, Harumi, for example, who has split personality. Her split personality is a lady of the night. She is a an escort, a call girl. Several. And during when she switches back to her other personality, she is a standard tutor, class tutor, subject tutor to help out 
students get better grades in school and excel academically and, you know, just normal life. The other thing that they also touch on is suicide too. Big time, big time. It's one of the major reasons people die in this show. And it's, it's for lack of a term self-inflicted because the very first one you find out was a self-inflicted head wound. The second time self-inflicted. But again, if you'll notice the only time that little slugger isn't effective in helping people feel better is when it wasn't little slugger and it was a legitimate attack. Yes, but there were only two and we're only assuming that, you know, it was, uh, just a head wound for the other ones. Now, Who's to say that it wasn't something else? Who's to say that is exactly what you think? Who's to say now? Okay. (laughs) So here's where it gets weird for me. The (laughs) The, delusion becomes reality to where it actively destroys objects and people and everything like that. It moves from just people to being able to interact wildly with the world around it. Hmm. Are you talking like at the end when everything's destroyed or are we talking like making dolls move around? No, I'm uh, what I'm saying is like if you noticed at the beginning never touched anyone, didn't have interaction, didn't move anything for anyone, but as it progressed, it actually started affecting real world as it progressed. So objects started getting destroyed. See, I always assumed that you know how a mother can lift a car to save a baby? Mm-hmm. I always assumed that was what was happening. He was lifting a car to save a baby. Now I lost. What I was trying to say was, you know how mothers get a boost of adrenaline to lift a vehicle, right? Right. Okay. So what I'm saying is in their delusion, they suffer, for lack of a better term, a boost of adrenaline that gives them superhuman strength to destroy their surroundings, to crash, to to do stuff like that. But you know? everyone else was seeing that him and not necessarily because they were going along with the charade, but because he was actual physical manifestation that became more and more realistic. Well, it gets become it, it, to a certain extent, to, to a certain point, he becomes hyper realistic, not with the animation style, but he matches the animation style. So you can't differentiate between crazy and real. And then once it hits that point, it slowly digresses back to stick figures. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the cop at the very, not the very end, but the cop at the, the, the second to third last episode, his whole idea, his whole ideology was a stick figure town. No, it wasn't a stick figure town. His, it was his own personal safe space. It's not that, that, that a little slugger had anything to do with it. It was his own manifestation of the world he wanted. And that's why little slugger couldn't get to them there because of that. It was his own personal manifestation of it. So it wasn't just a matter of little slugger coming to existence from other people's perspectives. The, the detective literally uh, Ikari, he literally created a whole manifestation, a realistic world around what he wanted. You know what that sounds like? Freddy Krueger. 
Yeah, but they weren't asleep. They were awake for this. So no, I know. But like, unless you know about it, you're safe. The second you learn about it and you get a little bit stressed out, you got to start fearing for your life. And then the, it, it, I feel like they would always go for lesser minds, if you will, because at the, not the very end, but the, the officer's wife has a nice long conversation with slugger, little slugger. Well, it's, it's not that they were going after weaker minds. It's she chose to not be backed into a corner anymore. And, and she even calls us out. She even says, you have no power here. And here's why you don't have any power here. Despite the fact that he was thrashing around, destroying the room, wanting, wanting her to finally give in to saying, you know what? I can't handle anymore. Just kill me and be done with it. She was like, no, I'm not going to give in. I'm going to stand firm. I'm going to stand strong and just constantly basically scolded him. And that's why he didn't kill her. He swung. He wanted to. He wanted to attack her. But because she didn't want to give in to the emotions and feelings that he wanted to be able to do that, he didn't have the power to be able to directly harm her in that set in that way. He was able to scratch her because of a momentary weakness, but she immediately erased that. And that's why he wasn't able to do anything beyond that. Now, do you think that do you think that this mass delusion could have been taken care of, for lack of a better word? Do you think there could have been some form of safety measure? Uh, you mean aside from what they already did and could have found out right away and solved the whole issues, the problems right from the very beginning? Yes, yes, I do. At least we're on the same page with that. I'm just saying that <laughs> it's a good movie. It's or not movie. It's a good series. It's solid, delusional now, but uh, you know, I mean, it's not perfect by by any stretch of the word. No, but it is. It's thought provoking. It is. I watched very. It, I watched it regular, and I watched it at two times the speed, and I found it much more pleasurable at two times the speed because I felt like every episode talking just drug out forever. It can, it has, but it's also meant to build the suspense, and that's why. See, my issue with this the show is that it's too suspenseful, and then that's, it gives you that roller coaster drop, and then it's another like each episode has two main peaks, yeah, and it becomes a little repetitious. True, but that's I feel like that's what. Satoshi Kon was going for because that's how he's been, at least in the movies. It has those peaks in there to keep you on that roller coaster. The only difference is, is that this was a series that went over several episodes versus one single sitting. <laughs> True. So I feel like it 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 did it justice. It did what it was supposed to do. It gave you those peaks. It kept kept you suspenseful. Uh, it definitely made you engaged. However, I feel like because of how it was, it's better suited to be a movie than it is an actual uh, series. That makes sense. And how did you, in your opinion, if, if in just strictly your opinion, how did you figure the dog played into it as far as that black sludge is concerned? You're talking about Moromi? Yes. The little pink dog? 
Correct. Yes. Uh, well, I figured it had something to do with it when it started talking in episode two. Well, actually, you just answered the next thing I was going to ask you. Do you remember if it was before or after the incident, quote unquote, with a little slugger that Maromi started talking? It was after, which is why I said, you know, it, she was backed into a corner and she was stressed out trying to find the solution for it. And when she was trying to find a solution or when she was backed into a corner, that's when little slugger appeared before her. And that after that, when she was finally home, not necessarily in the hospital, but when she was in home, that's when uh, Maromi, the little pink dog started to uh, talk to her. It was like episode two. Well, what's really kind of awesome for me with this whole thing is if you pay attention, it's very similar in my experience to um, the sixth sense where if you backtrack and you watch it all over again, super obvious. Yeah. They don't hide anything. No, in, they in don't. fact, they, they, they hide it in plain sight, which kind of genius. Cause you're, you're like, is this a diversion? And then the story goes one way and you're like, Oh crap. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's, it's a really, again, it's a good, it's a good series. It's a good, good, solid series and it's great story. And I do like that. It plays on, on that a little bit too. So, but with all that said, I think this is a great spot for us to come up with a rating, sir. So on a scale of what to 10, uh, how would you rate it? Um, I would probably rate this. I would rate this a solid hmm, eight, eight, a solid eight, because it does everything it needs to. It is, I'm not going to say worrisome because this, the psychological portion of it, it didn't keep you in suspense. So it didn't give you heart palpitations and whatnot. Um, but it did. It made me think a lot more than normal. Okay. It made me, it made me want to follow the stages that the officer was too. And when I did watch it back at two times speed, excuse me, <clears throat> when I watched it again at two times speed, everything was crystal clear. And <laughs> little slugger, in my opinion, moved much more fluidly at two times the speed. Because, mm. you know, like when he's talking to the, the lady, He's making swings in at regular time. The swings are really slow. They don't look that damaging, but at two times, the swings look purposeful. The swings look like they should be there. And it gives you a lot more respect for the woman who looks like she looks sick. She looks sick and like she gave up the, the officer's wife. So solid eight. I, I definitely want other people to watch it. Um, I do kind of wish that they took out the the nudity, but not in a tasteless way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like it was in there and not in there just to be in there. It was in there kind of in a, in a way that had purpose. I want to say, okay. You know, like it, it helped kind of tie in the story. I get what you're saying. Like you could kind of cut it out. At the same yeah. time, but I do feel, I do feel that, uh, it is something that can ult ultimately 
be left in or taken out. I, I don't feel one way or the other about it. Now, for me, I think for me, I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it a seven. I'm giving it a seven. I figured you'd like it more than I did. I thought it was good. Ending kind of lost me. The ending was freaky. The ending made no sense. That's why I'm giving it a seven. It was fine all the way up until it like started losing me around there. And it's not that it, it, it's not that it was bad. It's not that the ending made no sense. It just, it evolved from here's a suspense, a serial killer type thing, type situation to grow, 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 grow. And now you have this big old thing and it's causing mass destruction and everything like that. It just like it grew exponentially at that point. And the delusions were starting to become forever for other people were starting to become reality. And that's where it kind of just lost me. It was like, well, that's kind of pointless for me. All I can say to that is it's the power of Barney, you know, the imagination Island. If you just imagine it enough, it's going to be real. Okay. All right. (laughs) I'll buy that. Well, Uh, next week is your choice. And if uh, you were a part of the patrons uh, and you were hanging out for that pre content uh, episode, you would have heard what the choices are already. Uh, But for everyone else, how about you uh, tell us what we're watching? It's going to be a surprise. All right. I'll see you later. No, uh, <laughs> it's going to be Helsing, uh, but not Helsing Ultimate. It's going to be Helsing, the one that was made or released in 2001. All right. I've I've seen Helsing. I've seen Helsing Ultimate. I've seen them both. They're both really great. They're both good. They're both solid in my personal opinion. So I am looking forward to it. And if... Uh, you feel like we missed something, didn't do it enough justice, did it too much justice, or anything else, reach out to us, featured anime podcast at gmail.com, at those anime guys on Twitter, featured anime podcast on Facebook. Hang out with us in Discord, talk to us in there, message us there. A link for that's going to be in the show notes for you. If you want to buy yourself some swanky merch, shop.featuredanimepodcast.com or if you uh, want to support us and help us grow even more, patreon.com slash featured anime podcast. And until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm going to leave you with just a little fun fact that's disturbing. 2001 was 20 years ago now. And with that, I'll leave you with that. I'm Rick. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.